0: Are you looking for a practice coach? If you are, go to ptpracticesuccess.com. At the very top of the page, there's a button. Just click on that to find out more. Folks, um, thanks for hopping in. I'm just starting this live stream. Didn't let anybody know. Some guys will pop in, some guys won't pop in. Uh, Maybe you'll catch it later. I'll look about leaving it around for a little bit, okay? But uh, what I want to talk about is something that kind of came up not too long ago, and it comes up a lot in the course of working with clients, and and it has to do with like being able to sell your plan of care. Um, In our profession, there's a tremendous amount of attrition, you know, so much um, uh, people who they start their care, they get out of pain relief, and, you know, they're ready to kind of um, end off whatever it might be. That, that, they're, that they're doing, right? So they'll, they'll wanna end off their care. So um, the what I want to be able to cover in this particular talk is just really briefly a couple of things I did with this one therapist. So I have a client who I adore, he's got a great staff who are also very special to me, but he had a clinic director that had a lot of considerations about talking to his or her, his patients, excuse me, about The importance of coming in, how often they should come in, how long it's going to take to handle their condition, particularly on doing an initial evaluation. In other words, he wouldn't give a prescription for care. He would just say, let's just see you and see how it goes. And he wasn't very good at selling it. So when a patient would walk out to the front desk, they would get in a negotiation with the receptionist. And the person who needs to sell the plan of care is the clinician and not the the physical and, and not the front desk. Okay. So how it went it was pretty simple, really. Um, I got him just to, I go look everything. We're in a safe zone here. We're on a Zoom call. I said, totally safe zone. It's okay to share with me whatever you want to share with me. And I just want to help you. And I said, um, so what do you think it is? He goes, well, you know, therapy is a lot of money and I don't think I could pay for it if I had to have it myself. Good. I totally understand. What other concerns do you have? He says, well, I don't know what to say when a patient says, you don't have the time to come in that frequently. Well, all right. Is there anything else? Um, you know, I, you, you can't make a person keep an appointment, you know, I, say, I agree with you there 100%. Anything else going on? And he says, well, I, I feel like I'm being a salesman when I'm actually telling the patient how often I want them to come in, and it makes me very, very uncomfortable. Good. Anything else? He goes, well, that's a lot, isn't it? Okay. Well, I'm going to make it very simple for you. He goes, okay, what do I do? I said, forget about the money. Forget about anything. Put your attention on your patient and recommend what's best for your patient and keep your integrity about what that really is. If you do that and hold firm, regardless of what happens, you hold firm to what's right to get the result with the patient. So if you see a patient who should come in three times a week for the first couple of weeks, so you can get on it. And the patient says, I don't have a whole lot of time. I'm like super busy, or uh, it's a lot of money, or whatever their objection is. I said, oh, Matt, all you have to do is go, I completely understand but from my professional opinion, to get you where you need to go, I'm going to wanna see you intensively in the very beginning of your care. You've had this condition for some time, right? And um, they say, well, um, gosh, I don't know if I can afford it. Look, I understand that it could be expensive, but I I want you to understand that from my point of view as your clinician, for you to get well, if I see you once a week, I don't know if that's going to happen. The odds are it will not. So you could be paying out more money over time and not be doing better. So you came to me as a professional to help you with your back problem. And so my advice to you remains the same, regardless of your financial condition. And so we talked about that and we drilled some of this. And I said, all you have to do, Matt, is continue just to hold your position as a physical therapist and not yield. The patient says, I have challenges with transportation. I completely understand. I know that it's difficult. I'm just telling you from my point of view and from my experience, you know, as a doctor of physical therapy, is, is my recommendation for you to get well is intensive delivery for the first two weeks. That we would see you three times a week for the first two weeks for this condition. I understand no one has ever said, this is the perfect time for me to come to physical therapy. Okay. No one ever says it, not once. So all you have to do is just hold that position. And I went over that with, with Matt and then we just drilled it and he goes, well, that's actually really easy. I said, yeah, you don't have to get into like, totally understand. Why don't we just cut back on your therapy and stuff like that? Don't hold your position 100% of the time. Don't, don't have any anger. Just hold your position hundred percent of the time. Just say something like, look, you know, this is my recommendation to you. Objection, objection, time, money, uh, soccer practice, who knows what it is. Every excuse, no demand. All you have to do is just hold your position. So if you're trying to get your therapist better at kind of selling the plan of care to to their patients, like really getting commitment, just have them be the therapist 100% of the time. That's all. They don't have to be the finance manager, they don't have to be anything but themselves doing their job. And their job is recommending a plan of care and having a patient stick to it. Be like a doctor who says, you really need to take this pill twice a day. Well, it's really expensive. So I want to take it every other day. And the doctor goes, oh yeah, that'll work. No, it doesn't work that way. So when you put together a plan of care, you put together a plan of care that's going to get the patient better and you insist that they follow it. And whatever objection they give, you acknowledge the objection and then you just give it right back to them. See, it's kinda not hard, but it might take a little bit of drilling because someone will try to get you into some kind of negotiation. What if I only did this every other week and you gave me an exercise program in between? Because I'm pretty good at following through on exercises and we all know how well that works, right? Not so good. So don't yield. Look, I I understand, Sean. I understand there's some financial problems. I know that you're not going to be able to follow your way all the way through this. I get that you're telling me all these barriers, but I want to tell you this. If you're bothering to come, let's get it handled. Okay? There's always a way that finances can be worked out. Somebody else will do that, but I won't tell you professionally, you're not going to get better if I see you once a week. I'm going to need to see you more frequently than that. And all you have to do, again, is hold that position nothing else. Okay. Now we look at another thing. So I've been working with practice owners forever and more recently doing a lot more consulting. And one of the things that I see is the average frequency in which a patient comes in is remarkably low. Okay. We're seeing 1.3, 1.4, or 1.5 times per week on an average. So, if you take your total PVs that you saw last week and divide it by the number of individuals that represents those PVs, you're going to get an average patient frequency. If your number isn't really right at two or slightly above two, there's some room here. And that will, as the hardest statistic you'll ever have to change. It's easier to get new patients than manage this kind of stuff. So, but if you did manage this, you would actually increase the wherewithal of the practice quite significantly. Now, in order to make those types of changes, one of the changes that you have to make is improving your um, therapist's ability to sell the plan of care. And it's a behavior shift. It's, you know, it's not like they've been bad, but it's like, it's a behavior shift, right? So I want to see you three times a week. They walk out front and the behavior is kind of handled by the um, the front desk, right? Oh, I know, but I can only get you in this time and this time. And they go, oh, I can't make it and Off they go. So the behavior shift starts with you as an owner. It starts with them and giving them a gradient that they can do to better that statistic. Okay. Another thing I talk about a lot and I'll never stop talking about you need to present your program in terms that your patient can understand don't get into complex terminology don't get them completely over their head Um, back when i had my practice we had um, my marketing person would go out to talk to doctors and we were, were very good at treating spine conditions and so we had our marketing rep linda would go out and the doctors would say, I'm hearing some great things about your back rehab program. Could you tell me a little bit about it? And um, well, Linda never knew what to say. So what we said, we put together, we just said, doctor, we have a four-phase approach to care. And the doctor goes, hmm, it, sound, you know, it sounds like it's significant. Again, it's not. But we say in phase one, what we're doing is improving um, your ability to tolerate pain. We're reducing the pain and inflammation and in phase two. We're gonna focus on improving mobility and general range of motion without exacerbation of symptoms. In phase three, you're gonna be working on some strengthening, perhaps core stability. And in phase four, we're gonna add, 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 add some aerobic activity or other activities to improve your overall resilience so that you are stable once you're out on your own. So pain relief is a targeted first goal, right? But if we leave, if we end at patient pain relief, we may end up with a situation that you're gonna come back for. So we started this with doctors. Doctors started referring. Here they are as MDs. They never ask for more detail. So all you have to say to your patient is, you know, Mr. Smith, I wanna let you know about our program. We have a 4 phase approach to care. This is what the therapist would say during, you know, somewhere during his avail. And so in phase one, sir, the reason you're here is you're in pain. So we're gonna focus to get some pain under control, but by and while, as that starts to abate a bit, we're gonna start working on improving your mobility and general flexibility, and that's called phase two. And in phase three, we're gonna work on some strengthening and some core stability, right? And in phase four, we're gonna work on some activities that's gonna make you able to bounce back if you get yourself in an awkward position or improve your overall aerobic capacity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. So right now we're really focusing mostly on phase one. We're doing a little phase two, improving some mobility here. And so you, you, you present that. Well, what hat are you wearing? You're wearing the physical therapist hat. You're communicating in terms that the patient can think and understand with. And you're really not doing anything that any other PT on the planet is doing, but you're presenting it in a way that it sounds like a, like a I don't know, some, some special sauce. But it's the everyday sauce that you make special by what you say. And so delivering that kind of a message gets the patient to think with what it takes to get better. It gets them to think with pain relief is not a goal in the, in and of itself. It's a sub-goal to the final full rehabilitation goal. So the therapist, again, selling the plan of care starts out with letting the patient know pain relief isn't the end goal. And the way you do that is to present a four-phase approach to care. If you want more information on that, reach out to me. I probably have some pictures or images or some, I know I have some write-ups I could just send you. So just let me know. And then the other thing would be um, being able to tell the patient how often you want them to come in. If you want an average frequency above two, then all I recommend that you do is have the first two weeks be three times a week. Now, if they got a hangnail, we might want to make some other adjustments, right? But in general, generally just see the patient three times a week. Anyway, i pop in, share with that. So to recap, all that PT has to do is be the PT, okay? Speak from what the patient really needs, regardless of their financial condition, their available time, the travel distance, regardless, it's your mom in front of you, right? So, and hopefully you got a good relationship with mom, right? So um, you just do what's right for that patient and you hold your position, you never yield. They may yield and come your way, or they may not come your way, but you never yield. Okay. I hope that helps. All right, folks. Kirk out. See you. If you like what you heard today, consider our coaching program. Go to success.com and click on the link at the top of the page.